Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. You know our show. It's where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not that old. Well, no, it's been a while. No, actually, I did it for a long time. It it was a long time at one radio station, KNBR. A lot of fun. A lot of fun? Yeah. So what was it like uh, talking to Christy Matthews? And, uh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Actually, you know, I th- I've talked to some old guys, but uh, anybody past maybe Willie Mays' age? Eh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the guy that just passed away, who was it that played Bob. with the Brooklyn Dodgers back in the day? Well, you didn't p- oh. just pass away. I'm trying to think of the, the pitcher, um, Joe Black. He was a guy I always used to talk with, and uh, that was a fun team. Well, well actually, we had um, uh, Yogi Berra's catch-up. Uh, catch up, Ca- backup catch up. Yeah, Charlie Silvera. Charlie, Charlie is probably the oldest baseball player I know today. He's ninety six years old. Yeah, yeah I mean, Charlie I don't know how many old, older ones are even out there. No, not too many. Those are my dad's age. You know, the generation. Those those yeah. are special guys. Very good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what we're going to do? We don't have any special guests today, so it's just uh, you and me. Just you and me, you pal. Me, you and me, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and uh, at each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question, and we're going to give away a vacation to uh, the first email with the correct answer. And the uh, vacations are not sponsored by the radio, not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina. And where and is Lighthouse Resort and Marina? That is located about one hour northeast of San Francisco in the Delta. Area. In the Delta, nice area, area. Yeah. 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 nice area with the water and uh, yeah. they have fishing. Very and underrated area. If you ever visit Northern California, the Bay Area, that's a place to drop by and check out. It is, and the yeah. vacations are free. Their only request is a hundred dollar cleaning fee to cover the housekeeping expenses. Check them out at Lighthouse Resort and Marina. Just make sure you don't trash the room too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know they're being nice enough to give us these yeah, uh, vacations to give thank away. You. Treat it with respect. <laughs> Treat it with respect. Yeah. Okay. Today's trivia theme is just random trivia. I always have yeah. to keep you in suspenders okay. on that. This uh, segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over eight wow. percent secured by real estate. I like that. Doesn't get any more conservative than yeah. that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Imagine your child cannot hear or speak. What do you do? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective services to children with hearing and communication difficulties. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Kids, our benefit golf tournament, on Monday, June 6th. Hosted at an exclusive club in San Mateo with lunch, golf, cocktails, and dinner included. Amazing prizes like a new Porsche, Pebble Beach giveaway, and more. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Whitewater rafting is the ultimate team sport, and since 1972, Motherlode River Center has been running river trips from mild to wild on the American River, California's most popular whitewater rafting destination. Motherlode's passion has always been in sharing the beauty, adventure, and cooperative spirit of safely navigating California's rivers. Over 44 years, Motherlode has taken over 280,000 happy guests downriver while maintaining the industry's best safety record. Nestled in the foothills between San Francisco and Tahoe, the Motherlode River Center is California's original white water resort spanning a half a mile of riverfront, with camping options from pitching your own tent to luxury house rentals. The only rafting resort in California with on-site ropes course, Motherlode River Center is ideal for corporate retreats, birthday parties, school field trips, or family getaways. So come take advantage of the best river flow in five years this season at Motherlode River Center. Book your trip today by calling 530-626-4187. See you on the river. Are you wasting hundreds of dollars each year on contact lenses? Would you like to be able to see clearly again without reading glasses? Make the smart choice with IQ Laser Vision. Offering locations throughout California, Dr. Robert Lin and his staff at IQ Laser Vision have performed over 40,000 LASIK procedures. LASIK is also as affordable as your daily cup of coffee at less than $2 per day. See for yourself at IQLaserVision.com. That's IQLaserVision.com. IQ Edward Brown here once again to tell you about IRA Services Trust Company. They've been around for over 30 years and allow you to invest your retirement money in a wide variety of alternative investments. Not only that, but they charge among the lowest fees in the self-directed IRA industry. So why not get the most for less? I've been very happy with them since I started with them two years ago. You can't go wrong. Check out IRA Services Trust Company at 800-248-8447 or go to iraservices.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. So before we get into basketball, I wanted to bring up one thing. I saw a little thing on uh, on Yahoo Sports that said... I work for Yahoo Sports, by the way. Oh, For, well, the, for their radio network. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you maybe you saw this post that found that 9 out of 10 Native Americans... Actually, I'm sorry. Did I say Yahoo? Yeah, yeah Yahoo Sports. On Yahoo Sports. On Yahoo Sports, I saw the article. It was actually the Washington Post. Okay. They, okay. they post. Yeah. They post okay. yeah, yeah. Sure. So apparently nine out of ten Native Americans are not offended by the Redskins' name. Interesting. I wonder where that information comes from, and I'm not saying I disagree with it or agree with it. But, but yeah. they are offended by the football record. 
<laughs> well, yeah, Robert Griffin the third or whatever his name was. Uh, they always used to call him RG. I was RG three. RG three. Yeah. God, he looked he looked so good at first, and yeah. then it just it all fell apart for him. And now he's in a process of of trying to reclaim and salvage his career. I've always found the Redskins. It's funny when as a kid I used to think of that, and we never really thought about it because it was yeah. always the movies and the TV shows, the Cowboys and the Indians. It didn't really bother me. And then as we got older, you know, I just thought Redskins. That sounds, you know, it's kind of has it, a. It, it does have a feel of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chiefs. I think is okay. Chiefs and is, okay, is okay. And Braves is okay. Here's the interesting thing: a little history on the, on the Redskins yeah. franchise. They were owned by a guy named George Preston Marshall who was a very successful businessman and a very good owner. Unfortunately, he was a vicious racist who did not integrate his football team until 1966. There was not a – I'm sorry, 65. 65. Not a black player on his team until that time, and he traded for a guy named Bobby Mitchell, who was Jim Brown's understudy. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bobby Mitchell has a great story because he did not want to – the league forced him pretty much, and you're going to have to integrate. You know, go get yourself an African-American player. And here they are in, the, in one of the, the most densely populated African-American yeah, exactly. areas. Yeah. So he gets this uh, – Bobby Mitchell. Bobby Mitchell tells the story. And um, they, I guess at some pregame luncheon, they're all singing the national anthem. And they are getting up and singing. And Bobby Mitchell said, I didn't, I, believe it or not, I didn't know the words. And George okay. Mark, Preston Marshall is looking at him and goes, sing, Bobby Mitchell, sing! <laughs> sing! <laughs> I guess you just mouth the word. Or he just, just, he just, just went, I just went, yeah, I just went, made it look like I was saying on it, what I was doing, you know, but it was it was kind of funny to hear that. But, you know, it's uh, funny, you'd think that, that owners would for, look at winning first and everything else. Second. Well, I think they are now, you know, by and large. I think in that in that time it was a different era we lived in and there were there was a lot of institutional racism and this is the 1950s but, and 60s. But they weren't you know? the first, though. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're if you're like Branch Rickey trying to yeah. break it, you know, and then, then you, you know you're going to take some flack. But if, you know, six, seven other teams are doing it, I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, but, you know, it was interesting. Branch Rickey, there's an interesting guy because he's always been given credit for being this, this pioneer, and he is. Yeah. But here's what he was really a pioneer at. He was a pioneer and a new idea. We've got to change. We've got to get baseball to, to be, a, you know, up to date with everything else. And if we don't bring an African-American player in, we're cutting our own noses off to spite our faces. And it turned out to be a brilliant movie. You think about the 1960s and 50s. Especially the '60s was a great era for oh, baseball because yeah. oh, you yeah. had a a huge number of blacks coming in. Willie Mays, yeah. Hank Aaron, you know Juan Marichal. I mean, it just yeah. the, the list is endless. And think about it: twenty years previous to that, those guys never would have played. What a what a loss for the game it would have been. Now uh, you were mentioning about how he he said. What did he say he was going to, you know, lose out? Well, he felt, felt? Branch Rickey felt at the time that baseball was going to integrate eventually. And he thought, well, we're in Brooklyn. We're in a multicultural environment. We're in a fairly, uh, you know, content environment as far as there's not not too much racism here. You know, there's a lot of different cultures here. This is the perfect place to do it. Yeah, it wasn't the South. I mean, it was the North. No, no, you know, and, and, and it was a very bold move. And, it was, you know, it, it did open the – it was kind of interesting. Ironically, it, it, it marked the end of Negro League Baseball, which was a very successful independent franchise um, or concern. And it, within, I think, seven years, Negro League Baseball went away. And for a few years there, not many blacks got a chance to play baseball at any level because – there was a quota in Major League Baseball, and the Negro Leagues were gone. So it was kind of a, it had kind of a counterproductive. Yeah, I was gonna say, it was almost yeah, worse for them. It was way. for a short time, but the players, I think, to a man, would tell you, even if they didn't get a job, they wanted to see. Baseball was such a big sport when you and I were little little yeah, guys, oh, you know, yeah, wandering sure. around as yeah. we remember. It was such a big part of our cultural 
identity and the fabric of this country. And, and, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, and I'm sure when you were a kid growing up, you were a little younger than me, but, you know, I grew up here in the Bay Area. You grew up here yep. in the Bay Area where Willie Mays and Willie McKibben, all our yeah. all our heroes were black or Hispanic yeah. that played, not all of them, but a, a good sure. portion of them. And you can't imagine that team existing without Willie Mays or Willie McCovey yeah. or Juan Marichal. Well, and especially, you know, when I was a kid and obviously when you were a kid too, yeah. soccer wasn't big out here. No, it wasn't big. It had mm-hmm. its, its it had a kind of a cult following. Now it's huge. It's huge. It's so, huge. So you really had baseball and, yeah. you, and you had football. Yeah. I mean, hockey really wasn't there. Hockey and, and wasn't there. Was still, you know, hockey, the kind of, and, hockey is kind of like soccer in the sense that it has yeah. a huge audience, but it's kind of a cult audience. It's yeah. not... And here in the Bay Area, even though the Sharks are, you know, skating towards a possible Stanley Cup uh, final for the first time in their history, you don't hear a lot of talk about them. Everybody's talking about the Warriors, though. Everybody oh, yeah, is yeah. talking. Even yeah. the non-basketball fans, my my in-laws who are who love baseball and could care less about basketball, actually watched a game the other night, a playoff <laughs> game that the Warriors were in, rather than the Giants game. And I was I was shocked. You're well, not watching a Giants game? No, no, it's not that big a deal. We want to watch the, the NBA conference Well, especially finals. we're not talking the World Series or yeah. playoffs. You yeah, know? So, yeah. yeah. You know, listen, yeah, I'm the understand. same way. I like yeah. baseball more than basketball. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, but I've been the same way. Yeah. You know, I've got to watch well, I have games. to. I have to say this from a fan standpoint, and I'm going to get out probably a little trouble for saying this because we're not supposed to be fans, but, you know, you have to be. A, I, my feeling is a sports announcer years ago, a very famous one, told me, he says, if you're not a fan of the game and you're a sports announcer, you're a fake because the biggest sports fans are sports announcers or sports writers because they love being around the games. Yeah. And I will say this, the Warriors have become such a fun team to cover, to watch, to just to get to know the players on a peripheral basis that I've had as much fun watching this team and, and covering this team, and, and I don't cover them on a regular basis, but I go to a fair number of games, than I ever have covered any other sport. And it's yeah. just been a lot of fun. And, and that and that brings you to the the point of just being so enthusiastic that you you just enjoy it. You don't try to compare Well, you see the anything. camaraderie. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, ma- that's a major thing. They all seem to be rooting for each other. It's a small uh, group, too. Basketball, it's, yeah. it's more of a family. So you really, there's an intimacy there. And if things go sour, boy, they can go sour quickly. But if they go good, whew. You know, it's amazing how quickly it can it can, and that's why I think the Warriors right now, young team, relatively speaking, if they can keep their core together, Oklahoma City, same thing, uh, should be around for years to come. How old is Westbrook? Westbrook is twenty seven, I believe. Okay, all right. And that's, Kevin Durant is twenty eight. Same and, age as Steph and, Curry. And, uh, uh, Adams only twenty three. Adams is twenty three. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. They have an interesting team. They remind the Oklahoma City Thunder remind me in some respects. They're very different. But the way they're they're put together reminds me of the San Antonio Spurs. All these yeah. players from different parts of the world. Adams is from New Zealand. Ibaka is from Nigeria. Cantor is from Turkey. I mean, it's just it's an international collection. I like to see that. That's kind of fun. The, the Warriors have a couple of Brazilians, you know, and an Australian on their team. So. I think I think honestly, it's it's awesome from a world peace standpoint. Oh, it, yeah, it really is because yeah. rather than it just being you know our country against yours like yeah. the Olympics, you know, it's it's hey, it's, it's the best it's, of it's the, the best. best of the best. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there are probably a few. International players overseas that are playing right now that could be in the NBA that would probably be fairly good, but I think by and large the best players in the world are in the NBA, and how can you not like that? Well, you got to figure that uh, it's well kind of similar to integrating the Negro leagues. You know, Jackie Robinson was really, really good. He had some other aspects that Brand Tricky wanted, right. but his play—I mean, he was really at the top. Yeah. No, the thing about him that made him special, it's interesting. He was a very proud man, and Jackie Robinson, though, was also extremely intelligent. He went to UCLA. He was an All-American football player. And Branch Rickey knew that even though he was very proud and very intense, 
that he could count on his discretion that first year. And he told him, he says, you're going to have to turn the other cheek. And the thing was, I think that's really, in a, I hate to oversimplify it, but I think that's one of the reasons Jackie Robinson died so young. He was only 54 when he died yeah. because he carried a lot of the anger yeah, the, that first yeah. couple of years and just, you know, growing up in America at the time with well, him. Well, and can, it, you, and you, can you imagine, had he, lost, quote, lost it on the field? I mean, and he, he did. He, well, he didn't lose it eventually, but he, yeah. he did not turn the other cheek after the first year. But that first year, he had to turn the cheek yeah. so many times. But, but, but because he did, that, yeah. that really opened the door for It a, did, for a and that's why Branch yeah. Rickey chose him, because yep. he knew he could he, – he, the phrase was, you're smart enough to, you know, to take it, but not – I mean, you won't take it personally, but you can turn the other cheek. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to cut to our first commercial, yeah. our second commercial break. First. Having too much fun here. It's going by so know, fast. It is. Yeah. Okay, how many times has Michael Jordan won the NBA's MVP? Ah, All right. Good question. Uh, that's our question. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question, all right? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800 800- 480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800 222 2313. That's 800 2313. 800 2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? 
but it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. First trivia question we asked was, how many times has Michael Jordan won the NBA's MVP award? I'm going to say four times. You're close. Five? Five. Five times. Five okay. Times. I know he won it back-to-back once, because I know Steph Curry just won it back-to-back with the Warriors, and, and they said that there's, I think, six guys that have won it back-to-back. Now, that's a good trivia question. Who are the six guys that won it back-to-back? I know, I think Shaq, or no, Kobe. Kobe, yeah. Kobe, uh, Jordan, Curry, and I'm going to guess going back maybe into the days of Jerry West or Robertson or yeah, I was going to say Oscar Robertson. I Bill, Ru- oh, Bill Russell, Russell probably. Went. Bill Russell, yeah, and Will Chamberlain. Now the funny thing is that Curry's the only one who's won it unanimously. Yeah, so you kind of wonder was there a chip on the shoulder of, of the voters, you know, or or was it there was another player who was so good that it was close? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Okay, so we, we uh, at, at the uh, break, you and I were just talking a little bit about uh, watching the basketball games and, and the referees. Yeah. What is going? It's weird. They're, well, they're either calling these weird fouls or yeah. not calling them at all. I think they're just. I think they're just. It's like athletes in the postseason. Some are really good, and some aren't very good. And I think, the, unfortunately, the guys that have been chosen, and they're normally reasonably good refs, yeah. have just not been up to snuff. And I'm talking about the Warriors, Oklahoma City series because I don't know about you, Edward. I haven't watched a whole lot of Cleveland, Toronto so not, far. Not too much. But the first two games of the Warriors, Oklahoma City, especially the first game, there were some ridiculous calls. It was like, hello, or or calls that weren't made. And yeah. then you know we talked about Paul uh, about Westbrook um, traveling, traveling late yeah. in the first game, and it was obvious right in front of right Steve front. Kerr, right in front of everybody, <laughs> and he right missed it. Ref. <laughs> right in front, of, and then the refs later said, "Oh, we blew that one." Guess what? We blew it. Well, that's this cold comfort to the Warriors. They ended up losing by six. Yeah, and the, so, and they were only down three by three. They would have had the ball back in seconds. Ch- yeah, with yeah. a chance to tie the game. Who knows what it would have happened? But uh, yeah, but unfortunately, the, the uh, Warriors don't have any three point shooters. No, so they don't. That, you know, in defense of the referees, though, Edward, I will say this. I will say that. That's right. No three point shooters in that team. I will say this. This is a very difficult sport to officiate because there's so much movement yeah. away from the ball and around the ball and you know so many different angles. And I think the other sports are a little easier. Hockey's tough, but hockey's, tough, yeah. hockey's not is, is tough because there's a, more space. There's more you know space between yeah, the players. But ba- baseball's usually. easier because baseball it's is one, the one easiest. Plane. Football is not easy, but you have enough guys out there that usually you don't screw it up and yeah. you, know, you don't see terrible calls in football that often. So when I haven't, you know, I haven't been going to the games. I've just been right. watching on TV, DVR, and all You're that. Better off not driving out to Oakland oh, I, oh, because I of the traffic. Crazy. Is insane. Just, just crazy. I mean, also here, it, it, what goes on is uh, I've, I've been recording the game and, and watching, then it, on watching it afterward. Exactly, because you've been doing other things, right? Been doing other things, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I like doing it because then I can kind of go through all the commercials. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, I know a friend so, of mine does the same thing. So, I, he, he hated it. I called him up once. I said, "What did you think of that game? Don't tell don't me. Tell I'm watching it I right the, now." I, I did the same thing. I went did to. You? A, yep, I yeah. went to a. Uh, You're up a, in your man cave watching the replay. That's, huh? that's <laughs> it. Because I was at a men's group and I told him ahead of time. I go. Don't tell me anything about the game. And everybody's got their cell phones yeah. out, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. And, so, and well, one of the guys says, he goes, he goes well, well, Curry landed in the 
audience, but he's okay. I go, don't tell, don't tell me, me that. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah, when I didn't even know it was Curry at first, I just saw this player fly into the audience, and I'm up halfway in the crowd where the uh, auxiliary press is. And then I realized somebody says, "Oh, it's Curry," and he's nobody's coming out of that pack, and there are all these people are craning their necks. And I guess there was some guy with a camera <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> at, least, could, at least he didn't do a selfie. Yeah, can the, you imagine <laughs> him putting his face right next to Curry? Hey, <laughs> selfie, smile, Steph. Hey, yeah, 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 really, it was hey, interesting because after the game, Stephen Curry had a yeah. bruise the size of a tennis ball in his yeah. elbow, and he was nonchalant about the whole thing. No big deal. He's a tough little dude. Yeah. And I say little in all due respect. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. But he did one good thing, Edward, a couple of years ago. He went into the weight room. He's not a, he's not a big husky no. guy, but he, he put on some weight and some muscle because his legs, his uh, ankles were really bothering him the first few yeah. years. You remember, right. he remember had that. some injury yep. problems. And, so. and that's, uh, you know, one of the things in basketball, too, is you don't really want to, unless you're like a center or something, you don't really want to bulk up. No, you don't. Because it, it, it makes you too tight and you, you can't really shoot very well. Well, and you're not as quick. And Curry yeah. relies on his size to get in between everybody. I mean, and the, the way he moves his body sometimes, it's just balletic to watch the moves and the, and the way he... Balletic? I've yeah. never heard that term, but that, well, I understand what you mean. It is. It's like watching an, It's like watching Willie Mays, you know, maneuver after a ball in the gap uh, that's windblown back in the day. I mean, Curry is, to me... Next to Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Willie Mays, you know, and maybe Reggie Jackson, uh, Ricky Henderson, there's a handful of athletes who, that we've had here in Northern California in pro sports that are up at that level. And, and Rick Barry was one of them, too. And he's, he's right there. I mean, he's yeah. amazing. You've got to appreciate the great ones when they're in front of you because you know they're not going to be great forever. Just oh, like you and point, me, we're going to move on someday. What? We're going to be gonna doing stay. this show forever. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Three years now, right? Three years. Three years. Three yeah. years. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning about the, uh, the the referees and how hard it is to watch basketball or, or to uh, officiate basketball, and you know where they have three referees, right? Three referees. So now, yeah. I'm watching the uh, uh, you know DVR, and, and of course you know I'm mostly watching the guy with the ball. Sure. So when I see a foul, and I go, wait a minute, where, where is, is that? Where was yeah. the foul? Yeah. And it's away from the ball, and it's you know that's the hardest pushing. part. If you're a referee, I mean, there's a natural instinct I would think even as a ref to watch the ball more. But you have certain guys, I guess, that are – I don't know how it actually works out. how it works, exactly. you got to well, figure that at least – They can probably consult each other ahead of time. Look, I'm going to watch this area, you yeah. watch that area, you watch the ball. And exactly. it probably just – that's how it goes. I'm, I'm assuming – it's interesting. We used to have an announcer out here on radio for many, many years in the 60s and 70s named Bill King awesome. who did the Warriors. Great announcer. Great announcer. If any of our listeners have ever heard of this guy, he was – a, a master wordsmith, and, and he loved basketball. And he did football and baseball, he did, too. did the he Raiders, did, did the yeah. Warriors, did the A's for years. Yeah. And he actually died the two months or two weeks after he did his last A's game. Hmm. He was 78. But he he used to do the Warriors. He, I think he was great at basketball, and he hated the refs. And one time after a particularly bad game at Madison Square Garden, he says, they've opened up the doors here at Madison Square Garden to remove the foul odor left by these officials. <laughs> Jerry Lober can complain about all the booing and all the people complaining about his, you know, officiating, but he is a paragon of ineptitude. Oh, do, you, do you remember Bill King's uh, thing with the, uh, the, was not the Sea of Hands, it was the uh, uh, the Holy Roller. The Holy Roller, yeah. Right? John Madden is on the field. John wants to know if it's real. They say yes. Get your big, big butt, butt out of here. here. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if John Madden ever. Well, if you watch that play, it's a, it's a remarkable call by Bill King because it was, I was at that game. Okay. I, that was the first Raider game I ever traveled to with them, 
And I'm watching the ball, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? This is yeah. the craziest thing I've ever seen. Then I see Casper recover at the end zone, <laughs> and Bill King had the presence of mind to announce exactly what was going on. I can just see some of these announcers, oh, they're not going to allow this play, oh, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was brilliant. Wasn't it? It was Casper who kept kicking it. Well, what right? happened was Stabler, it was a, for those that don't remember, the, the, this is a play that happened in early 1978. The Raiders are in San Diego. They had to score a touchdown. There were eight seconds left on the clock. They had the ball at the 30. Stabler rolls, Ken Stabler, the left-handed quarterback of the Raiders, goes back to pass, is hit by a linebacker named Woodrow Lowe, and fumbles the ball. And if you watch the replay, you can see Kenny's hand sort of throwing the ball forward in an effort to fumble it. And he was saying, I was trying to get rid of it so that maybe somebody would pick it up and run with it because I couldn't throw it. I mean, to have the presence of mind well, to know that, the clock was coming down to yeah. I mean, you're going to lose the, the game. But, I mean, that's, that's – Well, that's and he later admitted – but fumbling it illegally, which he claims he did, that should have been a penalty against the Raiders right there. That yeah. was not called. Then Pete Banaszak, a big, burly um, veteran running back, tries to pick it up, knocks it forward. He said later, I was just trying to knock it forward because I knew if I picked it up, I'd get, I'd get tackled right away, which he did, and it rolled and rolled, and it rolled to about the five-yard line. Dave Casper said, I was trying to pick it up, but I realized I didn't, I didn't want to pick it up until I saw that big, fat, white goal line. Yeah. When I crossed that goal line, that's when I fell on it. But, but just, I mean, it's one thing to kind of, like, we're talking about yeah. it and go, okay, it, once you start fumbling, okay, here's the play. Well, I but, don't but, think that I don't think they planned it to be like no, that. No, I think no, they were. But, it was like one of those freakish things they hoped. But but, but as you're, crazy I mean, as you're in the moment, right. you know, Have the presence of mind to realize, gee, if I pick it up now, I'm going to get tackled. That's, that's, you know like, what I mean? that's, that's a great that's, athlete that's, thinking yeah. ahead. I mean, Pete Banaszak had played in the league for 12 years, I think, at the time, and he realized. You know, he was in his mid 30s. He realized. I'm at the 15-yard line. There's five guys around me. I just better sort of push it forward. So he fell on it, and as he fell, he kind of yeah. – you watch his hands, he kind of <laughs> – so he, he illegally batted it forward. And then Casper just fall. And it's so funny, Casper's reaction. He falls on it. They kick the extra point. They win the game. There's no time left. Casper picks it up and scores, and then just nonchalantly hands it to the referees like nothing happened. And I asked him years later, I said, Dave, weren't you excited? He goes, says, I was just so tired. I just wanted us to – Get off the field and get in the locker room. I just wanted to have a cold beer. I mean, seriously, that's Dave Casper for you. Of course, you know like he should have held on to that ball, kept it for a souvenir. Yeah, I think I, he did. Maybe did, did he? I, okay. I don't know. You know. I mean, speaking many, of souvenirs, you hear Jim? I think it's Jim Craig, the um, the goalie for the U.S. hockey team that won the nineteen eighty gold medal, is selling off all his memorabilia for three point five million dollars. Wow, his gold medal. His, the flag that he wrapped himself up in, his jersey. I mean, I, I don't know if the guy needs the money, but I mean, if you. $3.5 is a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I mean, how much did I'd I, sell my sister for that. Well, no, you have, you've had 35 years to enjoy the, the memories of that memorabilia. Do you really need it around your house that much? I, you know, if you have kids, grandkids, you want to. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a good point. I mean, yeah. unless you, you don't, you don't take that stuff with you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm as sentimental as the next guy, but hanging on to stuff that many years. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. Well, or just that's worth that much. Yeah. Right? Just, it, it, we ought to do a show sometime on sports memorabilia and the market that exists today and how much it's gone up. That'd be fascinating. Get an expert on well, you know, interesting. Because, well, well, you know what? When we get back, remind me. I'll tell you about some baseball cards. And, oh, and, and yeah. that I've got thing. a bunch at home. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll go through every single one. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a lot of cards. <laughs> 1955 through 1990. That's what I have. I have. I don't have to complete sets, but I've got okay. cards from every year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after 1985, probably most of them are not worth not anything. Not worth that much, unless no. it's a big star. Uh, yeah, then. but even then. Even then. I mean, I have 50 
Mark McGuire rookie cards. And they're not worth And they're much. not worth anything. What are they yeah. worth, like a 20 doll- bucks or something? No, I mean a dollar a piece, well, you know, the, maybe. The, the market has also dropped down for baseball cards. I tried to sell some recently, yeah. and the guy said, oh, no, it, it's dropped down like 50 70% exactly. in the last. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. cover that in the next one. Yeah, okay. okay. Who is the last NFL player to drop kick a point after of Point after a field goal. Why do I have point after oh, a point field after. goal? Point or, after. Yeah, you can, or, you can or field goal. Yeah. You can or field goal. That's yeah. right. Not of, but or. Yeah. All right? I Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Edward Brown here once again to tell you about IRA Services Trust Company. They've been around for over 30 years and allow you to invest your retirement money in a wide variety of alternative investments. Not only that, but they charge among the lowest fees in the self-directed IRA industry. So why not get the most for less? I've been very happy with them since I started with them two years ago. You can't go wrong. Check out IRA Services Trust Company at 800-248-8447 or go to iraservices.com. Whitewater rafting is the ultimate team sport, and since 1972, Motherlode River Center has been running river trips from mile to wild on the American River, California's most popular whitewater rafting destination. Motherlode's passion has always been in sharing the beauty, adventure, and cooperative spirit of safely navigating California's rivers. Over 44 years, Motherlode has taken over 280,000 happy guests downriver while maintaining the industry's best safety record. Nestled in the foothills between San Francisco and Tahoe, the Mother Love River Center is California's original white water resort spanning a half a mile of riverfront, with camping options from pitching your own tent to luxury house rentals. The only rafting resort in California with on-site ropes course, Motherlode River Center is ideal for corporate retreats, birthday parties, school field trips, or family getaways. So come take advantage of the best river flow in five years this season at Motherlode River Center. Book your trip today by calling 530-626-4187. See you on the river. Imagine your child cannot hear or speak. What do you do? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective services to children with hearing and communication difficulties. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Kids, our benefit golf tournament, on Monday, June 6th. Hosted at an exclusive club in San Mateo with lunch, golf, cocktails, and dinner included. Amazing prizes like a new Porsche, Pebble Beach Giveaway, and more. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150, and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at PacificMoneyFund.com. Bruce McGowan's my co-host. I'm Edward Brown, your host. Who was the last NFL kicker to drop kick a point after or field goal? Uh, clueless. Doug Flutie. 
Duck and, and, and it was a point after. So I kind of huh. think that it had to do with uh, fumbling. Yeah. You know, somehow Interesting. Gets, Doug Flea did a lot of things. You remember the miracle uh, Boston College. Pass, Boston College. I remember watching Miami. that game. It was a national yep. televised game because Miami was a, was a top team. Yeah. And I was in a bar of all places. I usually don't drink very much, but I was in a bar with a friend of mine who sadly was an alcoholic. I realized no. <laughs> at the time. Oopers. No, we're having a couple it's of. It's all your uh, fault. Yeah, oh, right. it was in the middle of a Saturday afternoon in, in a place. You know, normally here in the Bay Area, nobody's going to really pay attention to Boston College, Miami, but people yeah. were mesmerized by that play. I remember everybody was like, whoa, what happened? Yeah, I still remember him jumping up, and uh, he, was a, he was a good quarterback. He was he small, was. but he was good. Well, and the thing was, it made that, that kind of made his career, it sort of made yeah. him a legendary figure is what it did. When you, when you make a great play, George Blanda, there's an example of a guy. Now, he probably would have gotten the Hall of Fame anyway because he played until he was 40, yeah. what, 44 years At old least, or 40, yeah. 46 years, 48 years old. He was 48, yeah, he was 48 when he retired. Yeah. But he had this one string where he had five weeks in a row where he threw touchdowns or field goals that won game. So that kind of cemented his spot. And he was 43 at the time. That didn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we before we cut the break, yeah. we're talking about baseball cards and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I I also have a, a fair amount of baseball cards. You know, you do. Yeah, I do. do you have them but, but in in, uh, in like uh, cellophane wrappers. Some and, of them. Some of them I just have in, in just you know the boxes yeah, and stuff because yeah, yeah, they're sure. not worth much. But what years. Uh, mine only go back to like sixty five. Oh, that's fair. Amount, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And there was a time when I was selling them for like you know seventy five cents or a buck a piece yeah. for for unknowns. Where would and you Where would you sell them to? Down, down the street to the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do be, trade yeah. and stuff. Sure. And the and the the reason and I said you know I mean nobody's ever heard of like okay like as an example Tom Dukes for the Tom Seattle Dukes. Pilots. Seattle you know? Pilots. Yeah. yeah. So you remember? Yeah, okay. I remember, well, I remember because you remember if you're a baseball card collector like you and me, you remember all these obscure players. Yeah, and I, I still remember the 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 picture of the guy too. Yeah. I still remember that. Yeah. Anyway, it's like. Okay, who who would even care about his car? But some of these collectors, I mean, they want yeah, a full set. They want the full set, and they, they like that obscure play. You know, Fritz Peterson, who we yeah. had on the show recently, the former Yankee pitcher, every day he posts baseball card pictures of some of his buddies. That's and great. He had, he had a one on the other day, Dan Ford. You remember the outfielder with uh, Minnesota and the uh, Angels back in the 70s? And he was a pretty good yeah. player. Played about 12 years, mostly in the 70s. But his nickname was Disco Danny Ford because <laughs> he he was a big disco dancer and a good one. So, you know, really? that's what I love about it. And they, and they have it on the back of his car, Disco Danny, and that little ah. cartoon of a guy, you know, dressed up with the, with the bell-bottom bell pants and in the, dancing the night away with the big shoes. afro haircut, you know? <laughs> I love that stuff. Love that era. That was a fun era to be a, a kid. So um, we, we had uh, Mike Zadlin on uh, some time ago. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you were here for that I one. I think but, I was. Um, okay, so Mike, uh, he, he's a big uh, sports fan. Sports, sports fan. Nut sports stuff. nut, yeah. And he, he was telling me that... Uh, okay, you know how uh, when we were kids, you give a baseball and you get all these autographs right, on it. Sure, I never but, did that. By the way, I didn't do the I didn't do the baseball yeah. autograph stuff. But, I actually did. No, I did it one time with the Houston Colt Forty Fives. I went into there. Oh. I went to the Jack Tar Hotel and I got I twelve that. guys to sign it. Rusty Staub and Joe Morgan were two of them. Okay, that so, was kind of cool. Now, can you imagine getting a baseball with both Lou Gehrig oh. and Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. Well, they played in the same team for how many years? You know? But. It's worth more if you just have Babe Ruth. Really? And just if you have a different baseball with Lou Gehrig. Interesting. Because there aren't many baseballs that have just the one signature. Interesting. And so why don't you just scratch out the other one? You know? Wow. Well, because ba- back then, baseballs were really expensive. P- kids couldn't afford That's more than true. one baseball. And in, in baseball games, people don't realize this, but even up until the 1920s, 
they did not. They only had like a maybe twelve game, uh, balls. twelve balls in a game. So the ball would get thrown, hit into the crowd. They asked the crowd to give it back, and it would get the uh, pitcher would spit licorice into it or you know tobacco juice. By the time he was done with it, it was all brown. I mean, yeah. <laughs> now now if a if a ball gets a little scuff mark on it, out of the game it goes. One pitch, you know, that's the end of your your career. Baseball, you're gone. <laughs> Batting practice for you. You know that's your that's your fate from here on in. Okay, so the baseball cards though. Um, I remember there was a time in the early 80s that, you know, was, the baseball cards were starting to get pretty yeah. expensive. Yeah, 80s was a fun kind early of period 80s. of early 80s and mid-80s okay. was a period of sort of renewal in baseball card Okay, interest. but then the, the, the big players, yeah. you know, what do they do? They, they go, oh, well, this is good, so well, let's just flood the market. Yeah, that's and, stupid. And so 1985 with, you know, Corey Snyder and remember? Yeah, right? well, I remember also you had Tops for years was the only company. Yep. Then you had Donruss. Then you had, you know, Fleer. Score and Fleer and yeah. all these companies. And then you had... Mother's cookies. Mother's cookies. That's which, right. Which actually, some of those are actually worth a lot. I've got all the Giants Mother's cookies from 1983 to 1997. That actually might be worth something. Yeah. Because again, some of these ones you get really Mother's cookies, but yeah, yeah. No, it's worth a lot. So I've got I've got boxes. I mean, literally, probably seven to eight boxes of baseball cards in. In uh, binders, and they're in, in plastic holders. So okay, well, that's a, that's a nice, safe way to do it. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, card shop down the, down the street from us here, uh, you know, walked in. Is that still in business? It is, us? yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they can make money. I, I just know the card business has taken a terrible beating. Oh, yeah, for, for literally t- almost 30 years. Yeah, yeah. You know. And and literally, you know, yeah. So I've got uh, you know I've got a bunch of these uh, uh, Mark McGuire, um, you know, That's your rookie him. cards. Yeah, he said I'm not interested. Yeah, he is. I, he's and he's, he points to a tub, uh-huh. and the tub's probably got ten thousand cards in it. Right. And he goes, I, I he goes, I just give these away for free. And, and and I started looking through it, and there were some pretty well known players. Yeah. And, he was and, giving them away. Yeah, just, oh, what a yeah, nice he, yeah. And I said, "Well, what cards are worth anything?" He goes, "Well, a lot of the How kids stay in like business the new if ones. Give away cards for free." <laughs> well, he doesn't want to take up the space oh, with I it. See. Yeah, he's got too much. Too much. We should go down there and get some cards just for fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take a whole handful? Is he let you do that, or you just say pretty take much? One? No, no. He's yeah. pre- he's pretty generous with it. Nice. Um, but uh, so I said, "Well, you know, well, then what do you what it sells?" He goes, yeah. "Well, it'll be like you know, like if today, Bryce right. Harper." Bryce Harper would be yeah, a big Yeah, that one. would be big. Or how about yeah. Hank Aaron, 1957? That would be a well, big Well, that one. would be big, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah. oh, anything uh, in the 70s is uh, still worth something. Really? Yeah. How about the 60s or 50s? No, the, it, it is, yeah. Okay. It, it, uh, and especially it's got to be a well-known yeah. player or somebody. I've got a lot of well-known to... players from the 60s and 50s. But I want to get some. He, ha- he did have a Christy Mathewson one. Really? Yeah. Because I know they didn't make baseball cards on a regular basis until the 50s, but they did have collections oh, of them. Yeah, For well, instance, the most valuable <laughs> card, I think, in the history of baseball is a um, Honus Wagner tobacco card. There's only 12 T- of them that were in existence, and you'd get them in a, with a pack of cigarettes yeah. back in the day. T-106 or yeah. something like that. Something is the, like I 1918 or something. You know? uh, 1909. 1909. 1909. Oh, my God. That's yeah. really going back. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a little couple years before I was born, just you know? just a few, just yeah. a few. In fact, it, it's uh, it's it's funny because you look at those cards and it's like a cartoon. Yeah, that's right. Well, right. And a lot of times in those days they they would literally uh, they take a what's called a daguerreotype. It's an old black and white photo, and then they colorize it. It made it look kind of you know 
Well, that, that's what they must have done. Yeah. They yeah. colorized it, and it made it look sort of surreal, but it did look real, but it was kind of uh, kind of like a little artsy, you know, actually. Well, right. some of my favorite baseball cards that I have are actually not very old, right. but they look old because they took, like, literally Cy Young. Yeah. And they took it, like, when he was uh, toward the end of his career, right. and it was literally a black-and-white photo. Sure. And they just made it look like a regular card, and then they have the statistics on the back. Interesting, yeah. So it's kind of weird looking at all these statistics from, you know, I, I 1899. Love, I stuff. know. I love the it's baseball so cool. cards. When we were kids, we learned so much about baseball from the cards. We'd, we'd learn, first of all, where the guy was from, how big yeah. he was, how many years he played, you know, how many years he played in the minors, what his batting averages were. And, you know, and us kids, yeah. we were... I don't know why kids have this memory. For, a lot of them have memories of minutia. But we remember Willie Mays' batting average in 1957, you know. Or we remember how many home runs he hit in 1965. And you just, uh, you know, 20, 30 years later, somebody would throw a question out. Oh, I remember that. And, and someone had a 56-game hitting streak. Who was that? <laughs> Jolton Joe DiMaggio, who, interestingly enough, lived down the street from where I live now for a while. He brought Marilyn Monroe over to Fairfax, which is not far in Marin County from San Rafael and north of San Francisco because he wanted to get her away from all the paparazzi and live in a quiet oh, area, and yeah. she hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Spent two months here and just couldn't handle it. Yeah, but back then it was a little different. But It uh, was really was it, quiet. Was it just too peaceful, quiet? It was or too was it quiet. just too weird? It's, no, God, <laughs> in the 50s it was, very, it was an Italian enclave. You know, Fairfax? Old, Fairfax was very Italian. There were a lot of people that moved over they, from the, the San Francisco. Yeah, and they hippies, ha- and, man. Yeah, no, and uh, the, uh, they had a little thing called the uh, Marin Town and Country Club. It was almost all Italians. Uh, it was very, a very, uh, Marin County had a real strong Italian flavor back in the 50s. Interesting. Okay, yeah. but it was in the late 60s, I guess, that it turned hippie. Because even uh, no yeah, was like that, then, too. Yeah, it's definitely, and I don't know what you'd call it today, because hippies don't exist anymore, but there are people that are kind of like hippies that live there but i see a couple Eclectic. of couple of guys that i know that that, that kind of wander around town that uh, that have the it's like what, what's this guy's name he calls himself sierra the other guy calls himself ramdas you know it's like okay <laughs> ramdas ramdas yeah well that's that's actually a famous person he named himself after so. oh really yeah yeah okay. i didn't know this until he told me you know some, so we have some Indian. characters there yeah but i don't think joe dimaggio Mind it would have even minded that so much but marilyn monroe she wanted to be in the in the middle of hollywood you know well, or she get all the attention. Yeah, that definitely uh, seemed like she needed the attention. Yeah. She's one of those gals that needed. Joe the was attention. very quiet. Joe though. was just the opposite. And the thing, the sad thing was, they loved each other very much. They yeah. right in and up for I guess till uh, from the time she died until 1992, 30 years. Every week, he would either drop it by, or he'd have somebody drop by a dozen red roses on her crypt. Wow. You know that's how much he loved her. Wow. Yeah. You know it's funny. He's one of those guys who. When he was playing baseball, was not a handsome guy. But then, as a, as he an got old older, man, he, he got, became he, more distinguished. Looking yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, it's an interesting thing about Joe DiMaggio. He, his career didn't really last that long. He only played yeah. about fourteen years, and, and it was interrupted by the war. But man, when he was playing, you look at how many times he struck out one year. I think it was twelve times. That's too and, much. Yeah, twelve times <laughs> in six hundred at bats, though. Can you imagine that? That's that's absurd. <laughs> that's like once every fifty times he strikes out. Well, they said t- uh, Ted Williams was like that, too. He, he had was a really like good that, eye. too. Yeah, he was like that. And Tony Gwynn. There's another one. Who you could, oh, you, yeah. You get two strikes on Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn had the best, and I, I heard somebody tell me this recently, with two strikes on him, he had the best batting average of anybody in the history of baseball, at least that they kept track of. He was hitting something like 310 with two strikes on him. Well, he had a 350 <clears throat> batting average. 350 lifetime batting yeah. average. But hitting 310 with two strikes on you? God, that's usually a pitcher's pitch. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're still getting balls, too. 
Well, and you think you're still getting a guy out seven out of ten times, but there's three times is you you succeed three times out of ten in baseball. That's pretty good. And and isn't it amazing the difference between hitting two fifty and hitting three hundred oh is just one extra hit per week. Yeah, that's right. And that's the difference between like Hall of Fame and, and not. I remember one, uh, an old time baseball player. Yeah, it's a difference between one clunker, one bleeder, one blooper. You know, one yeah. tweener. I love those little expressions they yeah. use. Yeah. Uh, Baseball, dying quail, dying quail, Texas leader. <laughs> yeah, baseball has all the all the strange little anomalies there. We I wonder it. too is is you know is it the scorekeeper that decides right? I, it I is. Heard during the fifty six game hitting streak, there were a couple of plays that probably should have probably been errors. Should have been called errors. Yeah. You know, well, so. I mean, I remember there was a pitcher by the name of Sam Jones of the Giants who had a no hitter. He would have pitched a no-hitter, but in the ninth inning, a Dodger legged out an infield hit, and it looked like the guy fumbled the ball, the infielder, and the uh, all the uh, other riders in the press box thought he had fumbled the ball, but the uh, rider who mattered the most was that day the official scorekeeper, and he said, no, that was an error. Oh, so well, uh, look out. what happened just a few years ago. Was it uh, Joyce was the uh, – Oh, the perfect game. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, he, he, and he really I'm was out. I don't remember who that pitcher was. I, and that, I know. The I pitcher was so – it was not a great pitcher, but he was so magnanimous about yes, it. Yes, I, I couldn't he, he He told the umpire later, the umpire admitted he made a mistake, don't worry about it because he ended up pitching a no-hitter anyway, which I guess is, you know, a small consolation. But. Yeah. Still, yeah. you know, perfect right. game is a perfect game. How many perfect games have been pitched? Fifteen or twenty? Just, uh, just you know, crazy. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's our last uh, commercial break trivia question. Okay, so we, we went from uh, basketball to football, and we got a hockey question. Oh, here. I like hockey. Do you? Yes. Okay. Who was the first NHL ho- goalie to score a goal? Ah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. The uh, first email with the correct answer is going to win a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to this hockey question, who was the first NHL hockey goalie to score a goal? And you will have known this player. Okay. Even if you don't know too much about hockey, you'll know this player. Okay. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will come back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. 
Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Lou. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101 last time for today. There we go. I'm Edward Brown along with uh, Bruce McGowan. Here was our trivia question, last one. Who was the first NHL goalie to score a goal? I'm just going to take a wild guess and say Glenn Hall, the St. Louis uh, Blues. No, it was after him. This was actually in the eighties, believe it or not. Eighties, Billy Smith of the uh, of the uh, Islanders. No, think Flyers. Oh God, what was the name of that? Come goalie? on, come on. Yeah, I cannot remember his name. Not Pentagon, but Hex. He- Ron Hextall. Oh, Ron Hextall. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was just thinking about hockey. Hockey. If you if you have a mediocre team or even a, a team that barely makes the playoffs, if you get a hot goalie. You can ride that goalie a long way. Look at the San Jose Sharks, what they're doing right now with Martin Jones in the net. Not a great goalie during the regular season, a good goaltender. He's having a phenomenal postseason, two shutouts. And the Sharks are, you know, they're, they still have to win three more games as we speak to beat the Blues to get to the finals. But they may get in there partly because this guy's having a great series. Great postseason. That's a great, I love that when that happens. That's yeah. a, it's the only sport that's like that. You know, football, baseball, basketball, usually the best teams get in. Hockey, sometimes it's a fluke. A guy gets hot in the nets, and you can't score. And yeah. all you have to do is get a couple of gills for him in support, and he's going to, you know, take you all the way. I, I don't know if they had some goalie who weighed about five hundred pounds. You could just, just block the whole the, net. Yeah, yeah. Just, just fill up the whole area there. Well, it's like, it's like lacrosse. It's got that little tiny net. But they would yeah. find a little window. I was watching yeah, a game amazing. the other night where I think it was Brett Burns took a pass in one motion. Smacked it in into the into the corner. It was like, how did you do how that? You do that? Yeah. I don't know how they do. And that. they and they try. Yeah. Okay. Here's our thoughts for the day. Lee Trevino said, "There's no such thing as a natural touch. Touch is something you create by hitting millions of golf balls." Yeah, very true. Good player. And Ted Williams, we were mentioning him earlier, said, "There has always been a saying in baseball that you can't make a hitter, but I think you can improve a hitter mm. more than improve a fielder." More mistakes are made hitting than in any other part of the game. No question. He is so true. Yeah. All right, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and giving away more free vacations for answering trivia questions. I like that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.